Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Our loving Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for your holy written word. Knowing that it's been tried and tested and found to be good and faithful and trustworthy. Knowing that you watch over it to perform it, to make it good. It will not return to you void. It accomplishes the purpose of your will. It prospers in the thing whereunto you sent it. We thank you that it is unto us according unto your holy written word. And by your spirit we are quickened. Thank you for revelation knowledge to flow mightily within our spirits. Thank you for attentive ears, open hearts, receptive minds. Thank you, dear Father God, for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of the spirit of power in Jesus' name. Amen. Our purpose this evening again is to promote the glory of God the manifest presence of our God, and also the operations of the Spirit of our God. To promote the manifest presence of our God and also the operations of the Spirit of our God. We said that all believers should be Spirit-filled and encouraged to maintain a Spirit-filled life. We said that all believers should be of one accord and of one mind and of one heart. That they should walk in love and desire spiritual gifts or manifestations. And if we would be spirit-filled, if we would be encouraged... To maintain a spirit-filled life and speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make melody in our hearts and to the Lord. And if we would be of one accord and of one heart and of one mind. And if we would walk in love. And if we would desire spiritual manifestations. Then we would not be disappointed. We would promote the working of God's spirit. We would promote the glorious manifest presence of God within our midst. But you see, these are the things that are necessary. These things must be done. I just want to encourage all of us, every one of us, who is spirit-filled, who speaks with other tongues, to maintain a spirit-filled life. Taking the necessary time to pray in the Holy Ghost. God has given us this glorious gift that is the Holy Spirit's presence within our lives, of course, accompanied by the manifestation of speaking with other tongues. And it's imperative that each and every one of us maintain a spirit-filled life by operating in this gift, using this gift of God. And if we'll do that, we'll be blessed by it as individuals. The body of Christ will be best blessed by it as a corporate body, the work of God will be achieved, it will be fulfilled, it will be done. 
And we'll just all be a whole lot better off. Each and every one of us. The work of God will be accomplished. The purposes of God will be fulfilled. Now, we've established some things. I just want to reiterate these two points. We established last week the fact that the Spirit of God is received by faith and yielding. There's really no excuse for a born-again Christian not to be Spirit-filled and speak with other tongues. But if they've been taught wrong, improper teaching will cause them to have doubt and unbelief and lack faith in that area. Because faith only cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you know someone who is not Spirit-filled, that's step number one. Find out what they believe about the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And you'll find out that if their believing is wrong, all they need to do is be taught the Word of God, and the Word of God will produce faith, for when faith comes, or when the Word comes, then faith also comes. But if their believing is right, then you'll find out that the second part of that is just they have to be taught how to yield. They have to learn how to yield. Because there's two parts to it. The, the spiritual part of it, the faith part of it, what they believe in their heart, but also the yielding part of it. Many times we don't want to yield our bodies and faculty members unto God. And sometimes what a person will do is have a mental blockage, or sometimes what they'll do is they'll make the mistake of thinking that God's just going to speak by the Holy Ghost without their cooperation or without the use of their voice box or the use of their tongue. And that's not true. And so every believer who is instructed can and should be spirit-filled and speak with other tongues. And you're going to find out that where people are spirit-filled and do speak with other tongues, there's going to be more of a manifestation of the presence of God and the glorious power of God in that place. And that's why the apostles believed it was essential and absolutely necessary for the people that they witnessed Jesus to to also be spirit-filled immediately with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. So he said that it comes by faith and it comes by yielding. And then we also said that if it's true that that's how we initially receive the Holy Spirit in our lives, then it's also true that by faith in yielding, we continue to activate the ministry of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And we develop that ministry of the Holy Ghost the same way, by faith and by yielding. But once again, if we don't know what the Word says about the ministry of tongues and its importance in the life of a believer, then we're going to lack faith in that area. And we may just be one of those who was once spirit-filled with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, but that's as far as we've gone. That's it. That's as far as we've gone with it. We were spirit-filled, we spoke with other tongues, and that's it. And we are genuinely a Pentecostal, spirit-filled person. But once again, if we don't know what the Word says about it, we're not going to have faith to step out of the boat of sense knowledge into the realm of the Spirit, the waters of the Spirit, and activate the Holy Spirit's ministry within our lives, enabling, of course, Him to be efficiently active, moving, carrying out the Father's plan and purpose, teaching, 
guiding us, as the Word says He will. So let's just continue by looking at the Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Once a believer has been spirit-filled and speaks with other tongues, it is absolutely important that that person immediately be taught the purpose of tongues in the believer's life and also the importance of activating this gift of God or this manifestation of the Spirit on a daily basis. Once a person has been Spirit-filled and he speaks with other tongues initially, that person should immediately be taught the purpose of tongues. That, in other words, what is the primary purpose of speaking with other tongues? And also, they should be encouraged to pray with other tongues on a daily basis. It's essential to their spiritual progress, growth and development. Now, in this scripture, we're going to find out something about praying with other tongues and what it does in the life of the believer. In verse 14, it says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue or in a tongue, in a tongue, my spirit prayeth. My spirit prayeth. Very important. When I pray with tongues, my spirit prayeth. Everyone say with me. My spirit prayeth. Say it again. My spirit prayeth. See, we know that speaking with tongues gives evidence the Holy Spirit's indwelling a person. We understand that. We know that praying with tongues assists us in our prayer life and assists us in worship and praise of the Father. We understand that. Sometimes I think we fail to recognize the fact that praying with other tongues is not a physical exercise. It is not a mental exercise. When it comes to physical exercise, there's a lot of things that we can do. You can get into aerobics, you can get into jogging, you can get into weightlifting, all kinds of different programs that you can involve yourself in when it comes to physical exercise. When it comes to intellectual exercise or exercising our brain, of course, we know that we've got to get into study, but there are different fields of study that we can get ourselves into, and we can develop our intellect in different areas, right? Okay. What about when it comes to the recreated human spirit? Can it lift weights? Can it jog? No. It's a spirit. But I want you to notice here that speaking with other tongues is a spiritual exercise. It is an exercise of the recreated human spirit. The thing about this is that the spirit of man, the recreated spirit of man, cannot be over-exercised. Do you know that? But the spirit cannot be overexercised. You do too much weightlifting at one time, your muscles are going to be sore. You try to cram and study and study and cram and do all that, your brain gets like mush after a while. But when it comes to the spirit, and when it comes to praying in the spirit, 
Here we have a means of spiritual exercise that we can engage in that has no limitations. We can do it as often as we like, as much as we like, recognizing the fact that our spirit man is being exercised. So this is an important truth that all should understand. I know that we can exercise our spirit through meditating in the Word of God. But here we see we have a, a way, an active way, that our spirit man can have interaction with the Holy Spirit of God and a way that we can leave the dimension of the natural or the realm of the natural and enter into the realm of the spirit. For as we pray with other tongues, our spirit is in active communion with the Holy Spirit of God. Our spirit is being exercised spiritually in spiritual things. Our lives then are enriched spiritually. And the door of the spirit or the spiritual realm is opened up unto us. It's opened up unto us. And that's why Paul said, since I know that when I pray in tongues, my spirit prayeth. So what is it then? I will sing with my spirit. I will sing with my understanding. I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding. I recognize the value and the importance of praying and singing in the Spirit. Now make a note of this in your heart and in your mind. The primary purpose, the primary purpose of other tongues, of speaking with other tongues, singing with other tongues, the primary purpose of tongues in the life of the believer is for devotional use. Personal devotional use. We understand it gives evidence to the indwelling presence of the Spirit of the living God. We understand that when a person is Spirit-filled, it's evidenced by speaking with other tongues. We know that. That's in the Scriptures. But for some reason, most Pentecostals believe or think that the primary purpose of speaking with other tongues is for, a, for the purpose of a ministry gift, so that when they gather together or come together in a church service such as this, then somebody who is super or ultra spiritual, after there's been a time of worship and praise, will then begin to speak out in this unknown tongue or in this language of the Spirit, waiting for somebody else to give the interpretation of it. And because that is always there in the forefront of, of our minds, we fail to recognize the value, the purpose, and the, and the importance of praying with other tongues, of singing with other tongues in our daily devotional lives. And therefore, we do not usher ourselves into the realm of the Spirit, and our spirits remain in a weakened condition. And the Bible says that we are to do what with our spirits? With all diligence. Protect our spirits with all diligence. Why? Because out of our spirit flow, the, flows the issues of life. The forces of life. You see, it's obvious then to us that God has provided us with a, a supernatural way to exercise our spirit man so that those forces of life can be strengthened within our lives so that we can be empowered by spiritual forces to lead an overcoming, victorious Christian life. And also, and I don't want to leave this out, it also ushers us into Another realm, the realm of the Spirit. The realm of the Spirit. 
If we want to have spiritual manifestations, operations of the Spirit active within our lives, this is the doorway into that realm with God. Praying with other tongues in, our, in a devotional way. But notice verse 18. This will reinforce us, and then we'll see a scripture in Revelation. But look at verse 18. Well, no, let's read right on through. Let's keep it in context here. Else, in verse 16, When thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified or built up or charged up. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all, yet in the church I had rather. He is not belittling tongues in the church. He is saying that in his own life he speaks with tongues more than the whole bunch. I mean more than all of them. But in the church, it's to their benefit that he communicate with them in such a way that they would understand what he is saying. If he spoke with other tongues and they didn't know what he was saying, it was not interpreted. It doesn't do them any good. They're not built up. They're not edified. But if he spoke with other tongues more than all of them, and they did a lot of tongue talking there in that church, then when did he do it? He did it in his daily devotions. Why did he do it? For those obvious reasons, he exercised his spirit. His spirit man was developing spiritual muscles. He was charging himself up, edifying himself. He was communicating divine secrets unto God, which the Bible says is what we do when we speak with other tongues. Divine secrets, not in church, but in my daily devotional time. I speak divine secrets with the Father God. I build myself up on my most holy faith. I edify myself. I charge myself up. All this involves my spirit man on the inside. The forces of life are charged up within me, protected, built up within me. I'm empowered by the Spirit, and then I operate in the forces of the recreated human spirit. All this is happening in his inner man. Besides all that, he says, the door of the spirit is also opened. Because let's look at it this way. Why is speaking with other tongues the evidence of one being filled with the spirit apart from just the holy written word of God? We understand that if a person believes in the word and asked to be filled with the Spirit, the primary of the first evidence is what? The Word of God. But we're talking about a pattern that's been established in the Word of God that shows that if we want the, the biblical pattern in our lives, then the evidence that accompanied being Spirit-filled was they all spoke with other tongues. And you cannot take one apart from the other. They go hand in hand. They go together. In other words, this is the reality. This is the manifestation of the, that, that receiving of the gift. And so you cannot take one apart or one away from the other. If one is spirit-filled, he also speaks with other tongues. They go hand in hand. They go together. Now, that's obvious because we see that throughout all the Scriptures. You just can't separate them. You can't take one apart from the other and say, Well, I can be spirit-filled, but that doesn't mean I have to speak with other tongues. just can't do that. Well, if that is the one that God chose to use, and seemingly, as you look, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 here, 
as you look at the scriptures regarding the gifts of the Spirit, you'll notice in verse 8, To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. You notice that the devotion or the inspirational gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, seemingly are the lesser gifts, if we can classify them that way. The initial evidence is not the word of wisdom. It is not the word of knowledge. It's not the discerning of spirits. The initial evidence of one being spirit-filled is the speaking with other tongues. If that be the case, we understand then from that platform... Speaking with other tongues, we can have the door open under the realm of the Spirit so that the more we exercise ourselves in praying with other tongues, then the more chance we have of the other operations of the Spirit being in manifestation within our lives. Do you see that? It's just like the platform from which we begin to operate. It's the springboard that causes us to leave this natural realm and enter into the spiritual realm. And that's why everybody should understand that it's not the gifts of the Spirit as such. These other eight, really the ninth one, the, the, the tongues and interpretation of tongues as spoken of in the Scriptures here. It's the same gift as far as it's speaking with other tongues. But it's just a, another operation of the same gift. It's another operation of the same gift. Everybody can speak with other tongues, but in a church service... When it comes to tongues and interpretation of tongues, God by His Spirit will move upon those who are already Spirit-filled and speak with other tongues, who have yielded themselves unto Him, who have exercised themselves in spiritual things, and then this other form or other operation of that same gift will be in manifestation publicly. That's something that has to be understood. Not everybody who prays with other tongues should give a message with other tongues in a public service, is what's being said. Not everybody should do that. But as we yield ourselves to the Spirit and begin to give ourselves over to the Spirit, and we involve ourselves in entering into that realm of the Spirit by the open door, praying with other tongues then our private devotional life, we're going to begin to have manifestations, operations of the Spirit of God. These other ones. The potential is there for all of us to experience these operations. Then as the Spirit wills, as the Spirit sees fit, as we are gathered together as a group, as a body of believers like this here, and we are taught, we don't occupy the room of the unlearned, but we are taught in spiritual things. Then as a person is yielded, he is a prime candidate for the Spirit of God to manifest Himself in that public worship service in this other operation or, or manifestation of the same gift, speaking a message with other tongues. But the important part of this is this, beloved. Whether you ever be used in giving a message with other tongues, interpreting, uh, interpreting rather a tongue, a message of tongues in a public worship service, it doesn't matter. What matters is, in our own private devotional life, God has provided us with a means whereby we can be exercised in spiritual things. Our spirit man can be developed, charged up, 
we can protect our hearts diligently. The forces of life will be activated within our lives. The power of God generated within our lives as we use this gift in our daily devotional life to worship the Father, to give thanks to the Father. As Paul did, he gave thanks well by praying with other tongues. It's the highest form of giving thanks and praise unto God because we're doing it out from our hearts, our spirits. We've been set apart to do what? To worship God in spirit, to worship Him in truth, to offer spiritual sacrifices, and that's a spiritual sacrifice. Giving thanks unto Him and glorifying Him through the Lord Jesus Christ out of our hearts, out of our spirits. So the primary purpose of tongues is not for us to come together publicly and to begin to try to operate in these gifts of the Spirit. The primary pur- purpose of tongues is in our devotional life on an everyday basis. Worshiping the Father. Praising Him. Giving evidence to the Spirit's indwelling presence within our lives. In other words, you know, if you find yourself in a, in a situation of temptation or whatever, or fear, whatever. You begin to pray with other tongues. What does it do? It reminds me of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God, which reminds me that greater is He who is in me than he that is in the world. And as you continue to pray in tongues and worship in tongues and sing in tongues, as the Apostle Paul did, you generate this miracle-working power. The glory of God is manifested and revealed, and victory is yours. So you see, this is important for all of us to understand. Now let's look at another scripture here pertaining to this in in Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Once again, as we look at the Scripture, and before I comment on it, let me just say that if the Spirit of God dwells within us for the purpose of quickening our mortal bodies, for the Bible says that He does, and that's how the Father does quicken our mortal bodies, then it should be obvious to all of us that if praying with other tongues exercises us in in spiritual things, activates the ministry of the Holy Spirit within our lives, then that power to cause healing to flow, whether it be through the mind, deliverance of the mind, or healing of the body, is also generated as we pray in the Holy Ghost. One dear sister had a tumor within her body, and as a Spirit-filled believer, she made up her mind her decision that she would not go the way of man but that she would only go the way of God. Now, that's a choice that she made in her own life. That was a decision that she made. That was her choice to do that. But she got into the Word of God, and she went over all the Scriptures pertaining to healing, and she fed upon those Scriptures, and she thanked God for that Word that's alive. But, you know, God has told us that the, the Word needs to be quickened by the Spirit of God to become a reality, to become alive, a living thing within us, a life-giving force, creating reality within our lives. She also spent hours on end. She said up to sometimes six hours a day praying in the Holy Ghost. Not necessarily, like I said, trying to get a work up, an operation or a manifestation of the Spirit. She was just worshiping, singing, and praying with other tongues. Out of her heart, making melody unto God. Until after some time, by pr- the practice of exercising her spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, that tumor dissolved and disappear- dissipated and dis- just disappeared. But once again, how does, how does it happen? It's not just because... We are born-again believers who are spirit-filled who believe in the Word. It's because we make decisions to act in harmony with what the Word says and also exercise ourselves in spiritual things. He is able to do for us exceeding abundantly according to the power that's efficiently active or activated within us. And that's exactly what she did. 
And here's where we see many times many fail. Fail to do what? To give themselves over to a time of praying and singing and worshiping and giving thanks in the Spirit. I'm talking about quality time. Not two minutes, not three minutes, not four or five minutes. I'm talking about giving an hour. Maybe giving two hours sometimes. To do what? To pray in the Spirit. To sing in the Spirit. To worship God in the Spirit. And then recognizing what we're doing. And that's where the faith part comes in. Faith and yielding. See, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. When we hear these things out of the Word of God, then we recognize that when we act in line with the Word of God, we're going to get faith results. Here it says, pertaining to the life of the Apostle John, look at verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. How did he get there is my question. How did he get in the Spirit on the Lord's day? I'll tell you exactly how he got there. Just like Peter got there when he was up on the mountaintop, up on a rooftop rather. And they were preparing lunch and Peter went out there and began to pray. And when he began to pray, immediately he fell into a trance. Peter was spirit filled. I'm sure he prayed with other tongues just as much as anybody else. John was spirit filled. He was one of those disciples who was there. He was spirit filled. How did he get in the spirit on the Lord's day? Notice the expression, I was in the spirit. What does it mean to be in the Spirit? Well, let's go back to other Scripture. If I pray with tongues, what prays? My Spirit prayeth. My Spirit prayeth. You know, you can exercise your Spirit in prayer and in singing and in worship of God until you can enter into the Spirit. Did you know that? You say, well, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about that you, you can actually do it long enough with the understanding of what you're doing. And there's where the problem lies. Very often, we don't give time. To these things. These are things that take time. And that's why I'll be quite frank about it. You want to know why there's not more people will say, well, why, why are there not more manifestations of the Spirit in our local bodies? That's why. Because you see, just by the time, remember how many times you heard me say, well, we're about ready to get going now. I'm talking about we're about ready to get started in spiritual things when the service is about to end. Because you see, if we don't come prepared... If we don't come singing in tongues and praying in tongues and worshiping in tongues and, and, and speaking with other tongues, then a major part of the service is just getting ourselves prepared. If we would train ourselves uh, to, to be prepared, to exercise ourselves spiritually when we gather together, if we would start from, from that point, then see, we'd be further down the road when we got together here to begin our service. Spirits would be ready. See, sometimes it takes some people longer than others. If you've exercised yourself in these things, you can get in the Spirit quickly. If you haven't exercised yourself in these things, it takes a little bit longer for you to get in the Spirit. If you've had a hard day at work and you're tired and sleepy and all that, you may never get into the Spirit when you come into a service. And to you, it may seem as though, well, the, spirit, the service is just dragging on and, and all kinds. You know, you can be out there in your own world and, and I can be up here in another world. Do you know that? You say, well, why? It seems like, well, you can just... Well, because, see, I, I, I spend some time edifying myself, praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, sometimes an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, and, and sometimes been up to two or three hours just before a service, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, by the time I'm ready to walk up on this platform, and you, and you just walk over here, and you just start... And then the anointing comes on you to minister and to preach, you're in another realm. You, you actually enter into another realm. And that's why sometimes, and I don't do this on purpose, but sometimes when I walk over by the door after service is over, some people will come and, you know, will talk and will say some things. I'm really not down at that level yet. 
And you know, I mean, it's, it's not that I'm ignoring or trying. It's just like you're, standing, you're looking, looking right at the person, watching their lips going, but you don't know what they're saying. I, I mean that. And I, you don't mean that to be offensive, but it's just like you're looking right through them. And it's not that you are doing that on purpose. It's just that you're still over there. Then after a while, you kind of get back down, you know, down to this level over here, and, and then everything is okay. You can, you know, focus and function properly like you should. But my brother and sister, let's put it this way. I'm going to stop right here. You know why? Because the Lord has already instructed me and told me, you can teach and 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 teach. But if you don't do, all we do is get taught. I can teach you how to drive a car from this platform and give you the manual, give you the books and everything else. You're not going to learn until you get behind the wheel. Hmm? Isn't that true? See, we're not going to learn until we give ourselves over to these things and begin to do them. But the thing we wanted to get across tonight, which I believe we got across tonight, is this very fact. The primary purpose of other tongues, speaking with other tongues, is not in public worship services. They have their place in public worship services when it comes to worship and praise and magnifying the Lord. But the primary purpose of other tongues is for our daily devotional time. And I'll tell you what, you want to enter that realm of the Spirit? I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. You can, if you understand these things, you can enter the Spirit any day you want to. If you give attention to it, if you give time to it. I know there'll be times it'll be a battle. It'll be harder for you to get into that realm. But you know what? If you'll hang in there, persevere, you'll get there. And it'll just, just be as though that this, this realm around us is suspended. And it's just like we've entered another realm with God. This is the doorway into it. I'm going to ask we put our Bibles aside and, and everything. I'm going to ask that you, would you come to the altar this evening? I'm going to do what the Lord would have me to do tonight. And that is to now exercise. By precept and by example. We're going to continue to do this because I see that's the only way. It depends upon the attitudes of the people. It depends upon uh, our being taught to yield to the, the, the Holy Ghost. How well we're instructed, how well we're taught. See, we're not going to yield until we get out there on the road. You're driving your car down the street, you see a yield sign. Don't necessarily have to stop, but you do have to yield. Isn't that true? Well, did you know that when you get on driving in the Spirit, and you're on that spiritual road, sometimes you can just keep right on going, but that yield sign is there for a reason. Why? Well, just watch. That's why. Before you continue on the way you're going, look for something else. Same thing is true spiritually. We can miss things. We're praying in the Holy Ghost and, you know, we're having a good time. We're getting edified by that and charged up by that. We've got spiritual goosebumps and, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, sometimes there's a yield there. We've got to yield to that yield sign sometimes. Why? Because now he's wanting to get something else across to us, something else over to us. See? And that's happening in the spirit realm. And may I say this? Each one of us as individuals has our own personal devotional prayer life. And the Father is concerned about each and every one of us as individuals. Don't try to be spiritual publicly. Be spiritual privately. Be spiritual privately. Then you'll find out that the more spiritual you are privately, the more God can trust to use you publicly. Did you get that? The more spiritual you are privately, you're in a better position for God to use you publicly. Because He knows He can trust you with the gift. That's why many don't get needs met, because we don't take the time to wait before the Lord and exercise our spirits. So we're going to do that. Nothing wrong with it. You say, 
Do you have Scripture yet? Teaching yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See, not only did he say we're to be built up, to build ourselves up spiritually by praying in the Holy Ghost, singing in the Spirit, but the Bible also talks about teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. So this is absolutely scriptural. It's the right thing to do. But it has to be also by example. By example. Now, how do we get it all to happen? By faith and yielding. How many of you believe that the Holy Ghost is not only within us, but He's in the very air that we breathe? I believe He is. When God gave Him, and He's God, praise God, He's here. He's here to abide. He's with us and in us. How many of you know He can be activated? He's a gentleman. He won't activate Himself. He won't activate Himself. He's a gentleman, perfect gentleman. See, here's what God wants to hear. Father, I come to you tonight to yield to you my body and my faculty members. My body, my faculty members, to you. I, as an act of my will. I will sing with the Spirit, Paul said. I will pray with my Spirit. See? As an act of my will, I yield my body to you. I yield my faculty members unto you. I yield my tongue unto you. You said, if any man thirsts, I'm thirsty. Oh, glory to God, am I thirsty. I am so thirsty as in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I'm thirsty. To see the manifestation of your presence and of your power and your glory in my life. And so I breathe in of the Spirit. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.